TD! People don't know what it is to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. We are back on a Sunday night, a beautiful Sunday night here in the state of Oklahoma after some winter weather this week. You had severe weather in the south. You had a winter winter storm um, in the in the central parts of the state, Peyton. It's been a uh, it's been another electric week in the state of Oklahoma, but it has not been on the football front. Did you you survive it? There's not a lot of fighting on the interwebs this week. There wasn't a lot of stuff to talk about until about Friday night at Eight o'clock, thanks to a news dump that we'll talk about later in the podcast. You survive it? Oh, yeah, totally survived it. I mean, there's really not much going on other than just some guys trying to generate clicks via their podcasts and all that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, that that's all that's that's pretty much the only thing happening at college football right now is people kind of digging up all the uh, I actually listen to the cover three podcast, you know, the best teams that didn't win a national championship, and they're like, hey. Oklahoma, you you fans will like this one. You know, they know it's going to get a lot of traction, a lot of tweets and everything. So um, I, I think that's pretty much what it is. P- people making money off our name. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's the rough business. You know, I feel like, uh, did you ever watch American Gangster? No, I have not. No, I mean, you've got, there's a scene in American Gangster, right? Where Denzel Washington goes up to uh, Idris Elba. Well, I mean, Denzel Washington's sitting in this cafe with the rest of his group and he sees Idris Elba's character walk by. And he sees him. He knows he just a character owes him some money. And so he takes this the little sugar, like a little glass sugar thing that used to be at uh, old diners and stuff, takes the top off, pours sugar on the ground and walks up to him and say, you owe me my money. And the guy's like, dude, I'm not, what are you going to do? Shoot me. And he just pulls the gun out and shoots him in the head <laughs> and puts the sugar glass by his face and then puts the money in it. And it's just like, man, dude, <laughs> I feel like that's where how OU fans are acting right now. Like, you're you're making money off of us and we're going to come back and collect pretty soon. I mean, if Brent is who we think he is there, there's going to be a lot of cold takes. Um, that's going to be pretty hardcore. And I, I, honestly, they all should have to come on to keyhole and uh, <laughs> defend themselves. They, so it's, it's one of those weird things. It's going to be on both sides though, which is what's going to be delicious is there's going to, there's no like, Happy medium. I'm glad I'm stuck in it. I'm glad I wasn't like voiced my opinion out loud very much during the transition about like where where Oklahoma is going to be at in year one, you know, year two, like year three. Um, it's going to be both sides. I mean, either the OU fans are just going to get railed on. They're, they're going to go. They're going to get a full defensive mode, mm-hmm. or OU fans are just going to go absolutely bonkers. And I'm going to have to get off social media for a night or two before I lose my mind. So it's been a yeah, it's been a, it's been a slow news week. If that and then the NIL story from um, everyone's favorite Stuart Mandel, we didn't get to that on last Sunday's pod. Like, what is is he always been like this? Stuart if Mandel? I just missed it, yeah, is he always yeah. been like this? Yeah, he always has been. He, he's always been just kind of a a, a, a mealy little snob. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's been kind of rough on that stuff. It's been strange to be honest with you i mean how strong how strongly he feels about those things and like i don't know him and him and uh, red dirt have gone back and forth against each other and everything like that so it, it is kind of strange that there would just be this big national guy just uh being so hateful yeah the comment he made about why would someone leave norman oklahoma for southern california was just completely like there's just no need for it at this point yeah. like people have heard enough about it it's the whole, again, 
like, and then all the national media people and all, you know, talking heads, this and that, whatever it may be. It's like, I brought this up maybe two or three weeks ago on this podcast, Peyton. It's like, did you guys not see how Thunder fans reacted when Durant left, justified or not? Like, maybe that's why they're doing it. Maybe we were on to that. Maybe, uh, maybe that's why they're doing it. So uh, for everyone listening, we'd love it if you guys would go subscribe, review, rate, do all that fun stuff on your podcasting platforms. It is on Spotify. We'll continue to mention that because not a lot of people know that you can go do that on Spotify now. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, apologies for the coffee mugs that I have up here. Um, I'm not even using a green screen and I'm doing it perfect. Um, it's uh, apologies for that, but we also have that. And as well, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Going to be a really fun week. Um, got another Big 12 podcast guest and, and mm-hmm. Adam Lunt from Oklahoma State. Zach Sanchez, former Oklahoma defensive back, will be joining me later on in the week. Talk about what to expect in spring football and all that fun stuff. And again, that's at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. As we said, it's a slow news week for football. We'll talk about a little bit at the end, um, but we'll focus on the non-revenue. Well, I guess men's basketball is, um, but the other non-revenue sports with Oklahoma, Peyton, Oklahoma basketball. I know you haven't, you know, a big college basketball guy. I know you've been seeing all everyone's tweets the entire season. They finished 18 and 15, 16 of their games were quadrant one games or I believe if that could be correct or quadrant run quadrant two, I need to correct that as we get going, they played a really tough schedule, the fifth hardest yes. schedule in college basketball. Um, they are left out of the NCAA tournament. They were the second team out of the tournament in Payton. It comes down to conference championship week, Virginia tech goes on a run in the AC tournament, beating Matt Burton's Dukies for an ACC title and Davidson, Blew it this morning. I don't. I know you probably didn't watch that game. Richmond had three and ones in the final minute and a half. Never have seen it in my life. Those two outcomes don't happen. Oklahoma's in the NCAA tournament, not out of the NCAA tournament. Um, but that's what happens when you go eighteen and fifteen, and I believe you lose six games by less than four points. Yeah, I mean, the, the, OU basketball has has no one to blame but themselves. I mean, there's some stuff in there you can look at. I mean. Like I look at the Michigan team and think, ah, that that's rough. Michigan made it in, right? I I, I believe yes. they were the last four in. They didn't. So I'm they, like, they, uh, no, 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 no. They weren't just the last four in, Peyton. They were comfortably in the tournament. Like that's some rough stuff, in my opinion. I mean, they got bounced pretty early in their thing. Oh, you can, you know, OU was able to go through. Oh, you lost by one point. Uh, and I won't say total screw job because they did call that travel. And yes, OU would have had like. 0.6 of a second or something. I think in the NBA, after a certain point in time, they don't play it because physically it's you're not point, able it's to. Point three, and it's point across three. all across all levels of basketball. I think OU would have had a little bit longer than that uh, after that scramble, uh, but it, it it is what it is. I mean OU, I mean they lost those TCU games, that Texas game. Um, there's plenty of games where they they had a chance. They just needed one more win. Uh, the thing though, I, I want OU fans to. I think this will only be today, but we really can't look at strength or schedule. I mean, I was, I was seeing some of that, some of the tweets and stuff, some of the uh, data guys, you know, that stuff's already baked in. So you can't say, oh, you had X amount of Q1 wins and X amount of Q2 losses is up and then say also strength of schedule. That first part is strength. of You know, you can't double dip that way because it makes it, it you're right, boistering the, the, the resume a little bit higher than what it actually is. But even then, 
it's weird to see that. It's weird to see A&M not in. I, I wasn't really for sure about their stuff, but I, I do put weight in conference tournaments and they played extremely well and they beat some teams. And um, it, it seems strange that they didn't get in either. It, it's, <laughs> I, I just don't know anything about college basketball. That, and there's a different level of politicalness um, where you're like splitting hairs so much. Because in college, if this was a college football playoff, uh, you know, half these teams wouldn't have even been considered. So I guess that is nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like a, a Rochester Bay University that gets in would have never in a million years ever make it anywhere near the college football playoff. I think there wouldn't be a thing for them to do that. And, you know, in the tournament, they have a chance. I mean, my own team, Southeastern Oklahoma State University, um, almost went to their version of the tournament, you know? So it's like, and it's just not not big schools or anything like that. And it's cool. That that part is cool. But because of that, you get teams who are quote unquote deserving um, who get left on the wayside. And that's OU. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing but the good future in front of them, to be honest with you. You bring basically everybody back. You, you gain two top 100 players and you get some uh, German question mark guy. Yes. Yes. So. German. Uh, Benny, you know, Benny uh, Schroeder. He's spelled yeah. exactly like Dennis Schroeder's last name. Basically, Dirk Jr. Uh, I've never seen him, but basically, he's going to be Dirk. So get ready, ride up. Let's get the Final Four tickets uh, sold for next year. <laughs> yeah, it's always an interesting conversation. I was talking about it with you before we came on. Like every year, the NCAA tournament comes out, and the you know the bubble teams and this and that. There's usually one team every year that everybody's just baffled gets in. And then there's one, there's another team that wins their conference tournament that knocks people out. And this year, uh, it was Richmond beating Davidson, and then it was the Rutgers Scarlet Knights getting into the tournament with just some awful metrics, awful metrics. Um, and so it happens. Um, like Peyton said, you you win a couple of these close games. You have Texas at home, and overtime you lose eighty to seventy eight. Um, you get beat by TCU at home. You get beat. You have a chance to to beat a Kansas. You have a, another chance to beat a TCU team. Um, no, none of those come to fruition, and you lose by one to Texas Tech in the Big Twelve tournament. You probably win that game. You're in. Um, as you said, it's I want on two fronts here. One on the first one. Oh, you did get in when they probably shouldn't have um, went in Trey Young's year. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was star power. So, that was definitely rating star power. They put the OU game in the first game of the tournament. Makes a lot of sense. And on the second part, you're right. And this is how I explained it on Twitter. Like, Porter Moser had to stop the leak, all the, the water that was coming out of the program. You've got Alondis Williams, the ACC Player of the Year, playing well. Brady Manick is somehow the heartbeat of North Carolina's basketball team this year. Um, you can go down the list of guys that are – Kirk Quoth, I think, is playing quality minutes wherever he's at. So, you're looking at guys that have left. Porter Moser had to put duct tape over this thing. And, and hope and pray that it looked good. Um, the product looked good this year. It certainly did the first half of the season. A non-conference play, you lose a bad game to Butler at home. Butler goes to a zone in the second half, and OU had no offense at all. It looked like they hadn't even prepared for it. Um, you lose you lose to uh, Utah State. Probably shouldn't have lost that game. So there's a lot of what-ifs about this Oklahoma basketball team, Peyton. Elijah Harkless gets hurt the final two weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Um you're bringing a lot of really good, talented guys in. And I think from an even from an NBA perspective here, like it's, I'm not going to compare it to watching the Thunder at all, but you can tell 
that Porter Moser's a good coach. The shot, the amount of open shots that they get, yeah, and they just don't have the talent to compete with it. All of that stuff is all pretty crazy. And so I'm very much looking forward to see when the talent is raised and the floor is raised. And you could even hear the Texas Tech people after the uh, after the game the other night. They're all in the spaces I was in with our good, uh, friend of the podcast, Rob Bro, and uh, Gambling Gauchos, their podcast. Um, they were basically like, I can't wait for OU to lead the SEC because Porter Moser is going to run this conference. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think OU can be good and stuff like that and can, and can move those ways, but running the conference, I, I mean – I think that's a very interesting hypothetical for, 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 for Pete Mosier. I mean, obviously going to the SEC, it's going to be a little bit changed. It's going to be a little bit different, but. Uh, <laughs> well, you can just go cheat I mean, in it's, the it's, SEC it's and stick to, around. I mean, yeah, can, yes, yeah. It's just tough to think, oh, you running the, oh, you running a conference with Kansas in it, or, you know, I mean, it, it, they just don't lose. I mean, very often at least, or if they do lose, they lose because the national champions, also, a different national champions playing, you know, in the conference as it was last year. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how how Pete gets OU ready to go for SEC. I, I know we don't really consider that pretty hardcore basketball league, but that you know they still had Kentucky, they still had um, uh, you know Kansas is playing very well. Kansas not being a two seed is, I mean, not Kansas, Tennessee not being a two seed is uh, pretty wild. It's it's again another thing of me thinking maybe they just don't watch it. Um, it it's going to be rough going for OU, but with any sport. More money means more problems means you win more. So maybe oh, you getting an, an extra ten million dollars per year at basketball or something like that can really help out. You know, start making those um those um uh, nil collectives. Start bringing in some of the players that uh oh, you needs to to compete at. Oh, don't worry, we're going to be diving into that. Oklahoma women's hoops. We'll see. I believe their bracket reveals at eight o'clock tonight, Peyton. I know you and I don't especially do not keep up with them as much. Um. Quality first year for Jenny Baranchik and that group. They're fun. They play really fast. Um, and getting a host opportunity, we'll again see this podcast will be done by the time that that's announced, as well as Oklahoma's mm-hmm. place in the NIT. Um, assuming that they're going to take that bid, I would imagine they will. Porter Moser is going to want all those extra practices and games, um, as Peyton said, getting the next year. But this women's basketball team – there is a lot of re- – and, and I know it's not talked about a lot. Women's basketball in the state of Oklahoma at a preps level is really, really good, um, as well as it is in the state of Texas. And so a quality first year with the backing and the in the history and the tradition of Oklahoma women's basketball program, um, can't, can't complain. I mean, there, there's – regardless of some of the losses they had, some of the big losses they had, like I have – I don't know if you can have any qualms or any complaints about Jenny Bronchick's first year in Norman. No, you can't, in my opinion. So I, th- I think a lot of the optimism people have for Pete Moser and the men's basketball team should actually be placed on the women's team. Because how we talk about the men's team is we say, oh, they're, you know, they're in a lot of these things. They played really well. Uh, you know, they, they played above their weight limit and, you know, swung through some fences. The women's team is the actual team that did that. I mean, they had some big swings where they blew people out. And then they only lost, you know, eight games total. And, you know, there were some ugly losses in there, but they didn't, they never looked like they just could never compete with somebody. Um, or if they lost somebody, they could turn around and beat them the next time they played them. Um, I think 
OU only had one series in which it felt like that. The Texas Tech series, you know, they beat them by 20, then lost by 20, then lost by one. And, and But everyone else who was a, a high-profile team, you know, got swept against Texas, got swept against Baylor, got swept against Kansas, I believe. Um, th- that didn't happen on the women's side. You know, the women's side split. I, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through it super fast. looks like they split everybody at least if they lost to them. Yeah, that's from my assumption right there. Um, that's the team that if you really want to look at it, that's something we should be paying attention to for some deep tournament runs pretty quickly as Pete Moser kind of gets the talent level up on men's basketball. Is it, are we, is that, is Pete, is that the, is that a nickname you're going by or, or is it nah, Pete's not cool. going to be called Porter? Porter? That's his name. What's What's his name? Porter Moser. I, I call him Pete all the time. I've called him Pete every single time. In my Pete Hughes life. is in Manhattan, Peyton, and he's also running Kansas State's baseball program into the ground up there too. But this is why uh, this is why I need an editor. I need I need. I have an <laughs> ISB, they're just like screaming at me like his name's not Pete. It's Porter. You have that thing. You have that thing, and you're yeah. we have a buzzer. Yeah. And Matt Matt's just yelling at you, and it now that'd be that'd be great. Matt, <laughs> Matt Matt's uh, got Thunder basketball coverage tonight as they uh, wrap up. Hopefully another loss. I don't know who they're. They're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. So um, hopefully that's, uh, again, like I said, another loss. But like you said, I, I think it's a lot of people. And again, not a lot of people. Gen Zers, I'll just say mm-hmm. that, don't understand the history and tradition of Oklahoma women's basketball. Like that was a late 90s, 2000s. Every single year they're going to the lead eight, making a run potentially to the final four, playing a national championship game. Sherry Cole had that thing had that thing rolling, and then it just, you know, it collapsed there at the end. Probably mm-hmm. little Mike Stoopsish in terms of probably just wasn't able to communicate to the new generation of kids. And you know, you get someone in here, and you know that they can relate that they're playing again. They're playing a style of basketball that is really fun to watch whenever you do get a chance to watch them. And so, like you said, I think that there's a lot of positive momentum. Um, I think in both basketball programs, and I think that's oh, a huge sure. credit to Joe Castiglione, and it's a huge credit to, you know, his hires and the ability for him to make hires. And um, I'm really excited to see what what the women's basketball program becomes like. Because, like I said, I mean, I it's a very un, underrated sport in this state is the women is women's high school basketball. It's really really good, and so there's a lot of talent here, um, and they, they, we'll see if they can make a good run, especially when you have Oklahoma State's kind of in flux. They just got rid of their women's basketball coach. And so um, we'll see. You know, Kim Mulkey's down in Baton Rouge throwing shade at Sam Ellinger over the last month. You see that You see that quote? No. No, I'm going to take some time to look this up. Um, but, yes, Kim Mulkey basically asked about the culture of her program. And um, – Oh, was that the weird back stuff? Yeah. Yes, Here that was go. great. That was that was a great thing. I mean, yeah, you, you'll see you these kids go on take and go, out. Yes, you'll see these kids go win an exciting bowl game, and they'll go we're back, and then the next year they get their butts kicked. Kim Mulkey makes it abundantly clear: LSU is having a great year, but they're hardly a great program yet. We have not arrived. I also saw a quote after uh, Will Wade, the true American gangster, um, yeah, gets fired. And one of the big J, I don't know if it was Jeff Goodman. I don't know if it was Rothstein. I don't know which one it was, Peyton. He said, whoever the next men's basketball coach better have a huge ego and can deal with huge egos because Kim Mulkey is very tough to work with. And I'm like, in my head, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, 
if a women's basketball coach is the reason why you're not able to land a top men's coach, that is a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. Problem for the man and that program. Not problem because she is demanding of excellence on her program. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. Also in the last week, Peyton, pretty cool. Um, One of, I hope, it's a story that's sold for a long, long time. Um, Jocelyn Allo is getting walked and walked and walked. She's getting the Barry Bonds treatment. I don't know what the NCAA softball walks record is in a single season, um, but I would imagine at this pace she's going to break it. So everybody thought she was going to break Lauren Chamberlain's home run record of 95 home runs in Norman at home against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Instead, they go on the road to Hawaii where Jocelyn Allo is from and – Finally, someone pitches to her. A pitcher from the University of Hawaii is the one that pitches to her. She breaks the record. Uh, Front of the podcast, Chris Plank with an excellent call on that. And the mole, I mean, you just can't, you, you sports man, right? Like you just can't write a script like that where it's in Hawaii. She does a kid's camp. She gets super emotional talking about her past, her journey. You know, her parents spent $10,000 every single year to fly her over to the States to go play softball to make sure that she can get looked at. Um, it's it's as cool of a, an Oklahoma sports story as I can think of in a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. It's cool to see it. It was also really cool to see. Um, it's so strange. I mean, she gave that – I mean, she gave like a little um, – interview afterwards where she actually thanked the Hawaii team for pitching to her. I mean, that just seems so wild that you're having to tip the hat and maybe it's kind of got me thinking, well, did everyone say, Hey, just Walker until she gets to Hawaii. And it's, it's, you know, it's all that whole thing. And, you know, maybe there's like, maybe there was some like for the, the game unspoken rule type of thing that was happening. But when you have to go out of your way and like thank an opponent, you know, say thank you for competing against me, actually. I mean, that's just wild. I mean, she was getting walked with bases loaded and stuff. I mean, they just did not – she was being walked after guys were hitting three home – you know, as it was like a three-run bomb and she still got walked. I mean, it's – It was, it was eight pretty nothing. wild. Eight nothing. Yeah, yeah got, and they're still like, yeah, they're like she, just walker. <laughs> yep. it's, just, it's insane. Um, and it's really cool. And uh, I, I can't remember the Twitter account, but they um, – it was an OU Twitter account, softball account. Uh, I apologize, guy who, who put that together. Um who listed out home every run single one? Yes, yes. Who listed out every single one of the home runs? And then there's uh, quite a bit of former pitches and former teams that were quote tweeting that saying, "Hey, I'm the one who gave up number 45. I'm the one who gave up number 83. I'm the one who gave up number 17. You know, stuff like that. You know, and that's just really cool to. It's really cool to see that and everyone kind of um, lift each other up. I mean, softball, th- that type of stuff special. That type of stuff is why sports is special. Because you can be in this insane, insane competitive athlete, but still take time and look at somebody and say what they did was special. And, um, you know, we saw that over the weekend. Give me just a second because the dogs were barking, so I had muted myself. Um, I'm looking for, like, walks in a season. And I'm trying to fix, see if that if Jocelyn Allen is going to break it. Um but it is, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. Um, and you know, it's funny enough. I was seeing, I was looking, looking at this. You realize Tiara Jennings is on pace to break all those record. Really? So all of, yeah. Yeah. So she, I think she's in her second year. She said she's mm-hmm. already over 20. Um, 
So she's, yeah, she is on pace right now to end up breaking that record. Um, when it's open, when it's all said and done, I think she's like at 25, maybe 26. So it's crazy. Um, but like you said, you, you know, it's, there's just something about it. And she's such a great person too. You know, like, it's so funny that her and Lauren Chamberlain are like the exact two opposites. Like Lauren Chamberlain breaks that record and then goes out to campus corner. Love Lauren Chamberlain, by the way, goes out to campus corner and goes and celebrates and very, you know, confident about it. Like Jocelyn Alice is like, you know, hi, like very happy, giddy, you know, fun to, you know, not saying Lauren Chamberlain is not fun to be around, but like it's two completely different kinds of people. And Mm -hmm. all those, again, now I was able to cover them for one of their, one of their runs a couple of years ago um she's awesome she deserves it and uh i'm very much looking forward to see what she can do the rest of the season yeah i mean it's going to be cool to see i mean she's broke the record now it now the only goal you've got to do is is put the record out of reach for anybody else i mean she has the ability to do that um if she just keeps getting pitched you and maybe maybe now that that the record breaker is over with teams will start pitching to her again like you said, they're, they're so stacked. I mean, it doesn't make sense not to pitch her because somebody else is going to, and somebody else is going to, you know, drop it over your head. So it's just that team is so stacked. It's just so, so stacked. Um, it, it, does, it does seem weird that they were able to, you know, just pinpoint about that. So maybe after now that the record is broken, she'll start seeing more regular, you know, pitches. She can get a, get the old, like the old barrel on um, and see what happens there. But it'd be cool to see see her break a hundred, you know, break a hundred and ten or something like that, um, and kind of put it in a spot where it can't be touched. You know, I, I remember when Ryan Broyles broke broke the uh, the NCAA uh, receptions was, record, but you know, he got hurt. He, he missed like four games or something. And in those four games, how OU was using him, he could have picked up another 40, 50 catches. <laughs> um, you know, but then like you know, a few years later, it was broken by some, I can't even remember where the kid, maybe the kid was from, from East Carolina. I think it was one of those types of schools um, who was able to break that. And, you know, it, it sucks to see, I, I'm selfish when it comes to that stuff. I can, I can look at the Ryan Broyles and say, sweet, we've had that guy, but it'd be cool to always have that guy. Like I'm going to, it's going to be a sad day when Samaj P Ryan, you know, single game gets broken and stuff like that. Like I want to see those things hold up. Um, so when someone opens up a record book, there's, it's just littered with OU at the top. I can, I cannot find the actual record, but Veronica Nelson from the university of California was walked 107 times in 66 games. And I can't find any softball, like up-to-date stats right now where Dawson Owl's at, but I know she's been getting like two a game. Mm -hmm. Um, Jen Yee from Georgia Tech in 2010, had 31 intentional walks. Again, I don't know if that's where what pace like Jocelyn L is at, but those are some numbers for you. And I would imagine she's going to be pretty damn close to those. Um, so breaking home run records as well as getting walked. It's just, it's crazy. Um, they're 20 and 0, by the way. They're about to be the, the consensus number one team in the country this week. Yes, they were not the consensus number one team quite yet. Um Every game is going to be sold out at home, Peyton. It's – are they get like – I guess the question I'm about to ask you, like they're going to be a revenue sport here soon, right? Like I don't know what their margin looks like. Um, I'm sure we could look that up real quick. But I think they're in the – I think they're they're in the uh, – was it the red? Is that the good – it's my, my one class. The red, red is bad. Green's Red's good. bad. They're in the – or yeah, 
in, they're in the money. I believe they're in the money. Last time I checked um, during this whole round of uh, re, uh, conference realignment stuff, some people are tweeting. I believe they you know, they either broke even or, or just in, in the uh, in the green in the money, as they say. In the money. That's another, that'd be another good word for it. Okay. So I'm on the uh, intercollegiate website or from Sportico's got a nice one. Now they're competing with, uh, they're competing with good old uh, USA today. See if I can see if I can find it real quick. Um, All sports. Oh no, they don't have softball in there. They only have football, men's basketball, women's basketball be better. Sportico be better. So we can figure all all that information out, but no, it's fun. Best of luck to those uh, to those girls the rest of the year, and uh, we'll certainly see kind of how things stack up. Peyton Pro Day last week, Isaiah Thomas did not do any agility testing. I heard those numbers were not going to be good. I'm going to ask you on that front: are Are you surprised it's taken this long for prospects to realize to just not not do the things that they're not going to be good at at the combine and pro days? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's smart. I mean, if you have the ability to do it, obviously do it because I mean, that, that stuff is, is super important for a defensive end for that rush uh, area. In my opinion, if, if you have that Twitch, uh, because you're chasing dudes down, I mean, that, that that's pretty, yeah. If you can't do it, don't do it. I think everyone was, is, was kind of forced by their agents. Like, Hey, if you don't do it, everyone's going to look bad on everything. Look, Hey, he's hiding something. He's this and that. And honestly, you are. Uh, it's up to those schools. It's up for the, those programs to do it. And, you know, I'm sure if they bring you in for a workout, it, it gets them a chance to get a workout. It gets him a chance to have a one-on-one inside, this, you know, inside somebody's uh, facility. And, you know, if he has a one-on-one to the Broncos, um, I'm sure they're going to make him do it and he'll do it. But, you know, why put it out there for everybody and then everyone give you a mark like that? I mean, especially if you can get inside the room and show them all the positives and then you can kind of, you can kind of, you know, dissuade them a little bit on the negative. It's so easy to to do that. It's so easy to get people to kind of look past some negative stuff um, if you can give them some overwhelming negative uh, positives. And I think I say Thomas, if he gets inside a room, somebody he, he can out he can outperform them that way. So Isaiah Thomas only did twenty three on the bench. That's two twenty five. That's rough. Um, yeah, he's got long arms though. It's one of those again. The bench is one of those weird. It's it's almost like the 42, like talking to some guys that are in the training space, like guys with long legs don't run the 40 as well as guys with short legs. And I, actually, that could be vice versa. I may have split that up. It's just one of those two things. And mm-hmm. I don't know the reasoning behind that, but the same way they would bench. I mean, I, you work out. I, I don't. Um, it's – I can understand that. Like the longer distance you got to go back and forth, um, the better it is. I have – T-Rex arms, my arm, my wingspan's shorter than my height, which is not normal. Um, Helped me out for catching. I can tell you that, but it didn't help me out in any other aspect of what I did. Um, So, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Guys with long arms typically don't bench well at the, at those events, but outside of that other pro day stuff, anything stick out in your mind, Jeremiah Hall improved his 40 from a four, nine, five to a four, seven, nine. Um, that's a much, much, much better number. Um, Katie Brooks had some really good agility testing, 440, uh, I believe, 440, 20-yard shuttle, seven flat, three cone. Those are pretty good numbers for him. Nick Benito ran the same 40, um, 20-yard shuttle, uh, 423, three cone, 707. 
he vertically jumped 35 and a half broad jumps um, right at 10 feet, which again, that's that weird mm-hmm. arbitrary number. People want to see, just want to see those guys at anything, uh, anything stick out to you um, from those. I mean, the only thing that stuck out to me was just, just how quiet it all was. I mean, I, I didn't, there wasn't a lot. Cause I wasn't on the there. beat, Peyton. I wasn't on the beat. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have a lot going on. Didn't have a lot of, because they're, they're, you know, OU, OU, OU media and OU, you know, the, um, the Twitter space and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and everything. OU was like, you know, pushing the hell out of the combine. We have 11 players in the combine showing all this, showing all different videos, showing everyone running, showing all kind of stuff. And the pro day just seemed oddly quiet. Like I had kind of forgotten about it until I had to go back and watch it because, you know, it was like two days later, I had a promoted tweet or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. For, I forgot that that happened, you know, um, and it may just have been not as, as much buzz because OU doesn't have a lot of guys of those 11 who went and of the ones who are, you know, also participating at pro day that you would think would be a, uh, you know, day one, day two draft profile. And, and, you know, and this doesn't get a lot of media buzz unless you've got Baker Mayfield throwing Kyler Murray throwing CD lamb catch, you know, stuff like that, where it's like, okay, we're all got to be here to watch this. Um, it oh, you just have that star power this time, so maybe that's why it was just so, kind of so quiet. The learn turning yellow didn't do anything, but he, besides run a 40, he also jumped over 10 feet. The learn turning yellow ran a 447. Probably the guy that maybe only hurt himself, he did run another 40. Orkies Hayes ran a 53. Um, 20 yard shuttle, 487, three cones, 798. And he also only broad jumped eight, eight feet. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how these guys kind of work themselves through this process and where they stand up. So, um, want a quick note: women's basketball was just announced. OU is a four seed and in Norman they will play. Ooh, nice. They will play Ui Pui. Believe that's. You know the what that stands for? No clue. Looking up right now. Ui. I believe it's Indiana University. Purdue University of Indianapolis. Oh, if yeah. That makes yeah, any yeah. sense. Yeah. Which it doesn't make any sense. But good for them. They uh looks like both teams will be playing games in Norman. We'll see when the NIT bracket is released. Slow news week, as we mentioned. This won't be a long podcast. But, Peyton, we did have some news on Friday night that did kind of send some shockwaves. I sent some tweets out um, in disagreement with how things were going. Um, there is a high school recruit that has to be kept – was kept anonymous for Stuart Mandela, the athletic, to report this story. The lawyer's name is out there. There's only nine states – in the union, Peyton, that allow high school players to make money off their name, image, and likeness. $350,000 immediately that this high school recruit will be getting because he signed a deal with a college's NIL collective group. As I'm figuring out which nine states, um, I'll just read, here's five of them. You ready? Alaska, California, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York. The lawyer's firm is located in Southern California. $350,000 immediately 
he signed a deal with a college's NIL collective group. In the contract, it is stated that this is not an inducement. It is not for to sway this kid's recruitment, but it's signed through the college's NIL collective group. I'll just leave the floor for you on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, after reading your take on this, I'm not really for sure where you stand on it, other than maybe it's just a technicality and you don't like the technicality being broken. Um, I'm fine with the kids making money. You know, I'm fine with that. It's about time they need to do it. It's a $9 billion industry in which the only thing they got, in my opinion, were extra benefits. That's what I'm going to call it. I do not believe getting quote unquote free college is is a wage. I believe that is a benefit at that point in time. Like I have a benefit in my work. I get paid money. And then if I wanted to, I can go get a master's and my, my school will pay for it. I mean, uh, my, my uh, work will pay for that, but they don't deduct it on my, uh, you know, check or anything, or I don't work for free while that's happening. That's a really awesome benefit that I have that Starbucks does that you go work for Starbucks. They'll help you pay for college. You know, <laughs> a lot of, uh, you know, private companies do this, but no one's sitting there banging banging the drum saying, "Well, if you work for for Starbucks and, and get a college degree with some of their programs, you should have to work for free." No one says that because it's idiotic. Uh, in my mind, it's the same thing that's happening um, in college sports to a certain degree, especially the ones who just generate that that amount of, that amount of money. And I do understand the the ins and outs of it, where. You know, Title Nine. If you pay one, you pay everybody. That means you know your your lacrosse players are getting paid. That means all that, and there might not be enough money rolling around. So the only way to do that is via this NIL collective stuff. Uh, so that yeah, the school's not paying them, but basically the school's paying them to a certain degree, uh, and that's the only way you can work around it legally in doing this. Um, but the. And they have to. It's just, it's kind of the same thing like Jimbo was talking about, and how we've talked about Lincoln Riley. These schools aren't just going to get themselves in trouble. They're not going to say yes, this was an inducement deal, and yes, we did this so we can get this recruit. I mean, <laughs> even though that's clearly what they've done, they're not going to go out there and say that. So, if we can all please refrain by going, "Ooh, ooh you're lying, you're lying," no shit, <laughs> duh, they're lying. But if they if they they're not going to get themselves banned because one NCAA is toothless. They're not going to look into this. And if they do, it's going to impact everybody. So that means doubly they're not going to do it. NCAA, NCAA is only going to look into stuff that schools want them to look into. If the schools don't want them to look into it. They're not going to look into it. So, I mean, if we were looking into it, NCAA would be looking at every single school program and looking at how all of them have in, have um, North Carolina type classes. So kids can, can stay eligible. Um, so it, it's just a dirty business that's predicated by sports first and sports only. I mean, maybe Dabo has it a little bit right about the whole, it's no longer about education, no longer about setting these guys up for bright futures because only 4% of them or whatever are going to play in the NFL. But this is the way our society's moved and either get on board or, you know, your, your team's just not going to compete anymore. Okay. So I want to clear on the kind of my opinion where I stand on this. So I am of the belief that, NIL was for college is the collectives and all the, you know, once they get to school, the school's helping them out with landing their brands and this and that, that that's what the NIL from the NCAA was for. Right. And trust me, we've talked about it on this podcast for two years openly 
even about Oklahoma sometimes, <laughs> about paying recruits to go to their school, right? I, again, if I, my issue is, is that if we're going to get it over the table, then let's follow the rules. Then let's do things the right way. I don't have any problem. Like, I have no problem with the pancake factory down at Texas, mm-hmm. where every offensive lineman's guaranteed $50,000 over four years. Zero problem with that. Um, where I have the problem with is that now this recruit has been given $350,000 immediately once this thing's signed, which again, no nope, great for the kid. Congrats. You're a hell of a football player. There's a bunch of rich people in California that want to pay for your school or that want to pay for your services to go to their school. Great. Take their money. Got no problem with that. I just have it in the essence of where does, where do we go with this now? Because we all bitched and moaned and complained when it's going underneath the table. Maybe not we all, Texas a and Texas, LSU, Alabama, Georgia. I can go, the list goes down on Ohio State, Miami back in the day. You know, you go down the list, those people didn't care. But I think whenever it was under the table and people didn't know it was happening, there's a, let me be ignorant about it. Let me, mm-hmm. let's just, I'm just going to sit back. I enjoy my sport. I don't want to know how the sausage is made. And now that we know how the sausage is being made, if it is going to be public, there is literally a, it is in the rule book from the NCAA and name it like this, that inducements cannot be for swaying recruits to your school. Again, congrats to this lawyer. He's signed up a hell of a contract, but I retweeted some stuff today, Peyton. I bet you saw it from Darren Heitner. He's one of the main sports law guys that's on social media And essentially everybody that's approached him, high school guys that have approached him, that these college collectives are trying to even get them. He said, don't take it. It could screw up your eligibility if you go Mm -hmm. to that school. Yes. And so I just don't, I don't think that was very well thought through. And I hate to make, there's only two players that make sense on. I hate to just bring up names. Nicholas Ia Malivia, I believe his name is a five-star recruit that's either going – that's with Oregon. Um, either He's leaning to Oregon. Or, Peyton, it's Malachi Nelson, and he's going to USC. And I just don't think it's very well thought through and could put these kids' potential careers in jeopardy, right? Like, I don't know how the NCAA is going to view it. They're most certainly going to look into it, even if it's not official. Um, because if not, the FBI is going to get involved, just like what we saw with college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that's all, and all the good I, that did. Well, it's starting to come out now. Like Bill Self's being the first guy that was on the selection show today, when the rumors are that he may not be able to coach in the postseason the next two years mm-hmm. after this is pretty funny irony. Um, but my hope, my side of it is, is that if it's going to be over the table, let's just do it right, you know. But I also understand the idea of there's well, money to be it, spent. How- well, how, how is this not right? I think from the aspect of that this NIL collective is signing this recruit to an X amount of money that is obviously way over his value, fair market value. Well, that and, doesn't matter. That doesn't that part. Let's 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 excuse that part. Okay. People, will, because your fair market values, how much do I want my team to win? That's an insane fair market value for a lot of these kids, you know. Sure. So it, you, we're talking about the inducement part of it because that's why that's why I, I tweeted to you that story about the gold Trans Am. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to go get that gold Trans Am from A and M. Say thank you for the gold Trans Am. 
But since this is an inducement deal, you're giving it to me no matter what. Now I'm going to go sign with SMU. That's going if Malachi, to happen. If, let me say this. If Malachi Nelson chooses to go to somewhere else or the Nicholas, whichever one, whichever yeah. one of the two it is. And again, it, it, it may not even be those two guys. Now, if he takes that money from, I'm just, again, theorizing, Oregon's collective group or USC's collective group and says, hey, I'm going to go play at Alabama. Yeah. Congrats to the kid. He just finessed everybody. But my issue is if that they go to the schools where this collective group is from, their jeopardy, their eligibility could be in jeopardy. In theory. I mean, but yeah, in theory, but I think how I just explained it would just get rid of any of the in theory stuff. Because, yeah, you can say, well, technically, it's like when it comes to this type of stuff, if you can catch them on technicality, they can't do shit. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing said $8 million. So if I believe I have it right, as you just said, the kid gets 350, 325K off the top, you said? Yeah, I have it pulled up right now. He gets 350000 immediately is what's okay. in the story. And so that's why he's getting signed to be part of this collective's NIL deals. And that from there, he could... And this is all fake money at this point in time. The only money that matters is a 300, it's a 300 something K. That's the only money that's real. The rest of the money is the, your potential earnings you could earn by, by being part of this collective via NIL deals. Like they'll get you deals with, you know, if it's Oregon, you're going to be a Nike commercial, potentially you're going to do this and that. That's where you get the money. And they're just going to be there to kind of get you involved in this stuff. All they're doing right now is giving you a signing bonus, quote unquote, signing bonus to the collective. You don't have to go. To, I mean, if the if a kid's smart, and this is going to piss off a lot of colleges, go get the money and then go go play where you want to play, and it's going to mm-hmm. and that will stop that immediately, pretty quickly, because no one wants to sit there and lose that amount of money. And it happened. And the thing is, we're all like, oh no, kind of wringing our hands. People took these kids took money from all kinds of schools and still went to the school they wanted to go to afterwards. This is how it has worked. The thing is, we're just seeing it above table for the first time. And I don't think we really quite realized how much power players had, especially under the table. Oh, we did. What what are you going to do? We did. We did. We did. It's true. It's true. Well, like, what's a school going to do? Like, hey, this, hey, Cam Newton took $100,000 from us. It's like, uh, what you just what did you just admit to? You know, like they had all this power and they can't do that. And now they can just do it in broad daylight. Because if you go take that 350k and then sign somewhere else, and like USC's like, what? Oh no, you're supposed to sign with us. They didn't see the is like, wait a second. You know, so I think the only time this is going to be an issue is when that starts happening and it should start happening because I think Alan Kenny's really hit it nail on the head on this. The only yeah, thing that's going to happen here. The only thing that's going to happen here is that a lot of fools are going to be relieved of their money. That's it. Um, but you are, I mean, the, the the spirit of it, I think to the letter of the law, it is correct. The spirit of it that you're arguing against, I also feel kind of weird about because you're right. It's Malachi Nelson. It's, it's USC giving him 350K and just to give it to him because he's already going to sign there. But here's just some money as well. Uh, and he's not going to go anywhere else but there. So you can tell these collectives aren't really going to do this to lure people in because, one, they're not idiots to a, a broad degree. I don't think there's going to be passing out checks to any top player. They're going to pass them out once they know they're going to be signed. You know what I mean? Uh, and so then it became, kind of becomes like a thing. But I, I don't know if it's going to be rampant that way. Like I don't think someone's going to swoop in last second and sign Jackson Arnold to a $500,000 deal. And he, he flips to LSU or something like, I just don't think that's going to happen. 
No, yeah, and I think Oklahoma's compliance wouldn't allow that to happen either. Um, Oklahoma won't have any issues with this. We can almost assuredly guarantee that that that's going to happen. Um, I mean, I can tell you they're looking. This is we're heading. Let me look. It's March 13th, so we're what three months away from NIL being a year old. Oklahoma still doesn't have an NIL like director on campus, by the way. Lincoln's complaints, Lincoln, there's some of his complaints that I was like, yeah. eh, he, there may be some truth there. But so uh, let me read this to you real quick. This is also in the athletic article. Um, in one draft of a version of another deal, the collective agreed to pay an athlete of one and a half million across two years, but could from, but could from time to time ask for repayment of that money plus a 10% commission and expenses, even if the agreement were to be terminated. And uh, this is a quote from a Florida-based attorney named Malik Jackson. Man, that is terrifying, quite frankly. That was a terrible provision. If that's put in, that's a sign the collective is not athlete-centric. It can't be. Caspino, um, the lawyer from Southern California, basically said that some of his initial contracts had those provisions in it. Um, but he is that those are no longer in his clients' contracts. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is so funny about this whole NIL deal is that you do have groups. Um, we're doing we're going to be doing work with some of them. <laughs> I'll just be blatant about it. I'll say it out loud. There are some NIL groups that are interested in data for player evaluation um, that are taking that 10 percent commission. They're not supposed to be taking. Right. Um, that there's, it's an interesting space. Lawyers are involved, sports law guys that are involved to write contracts. There's uh, a marketing team that's involved as well. Um, that are essentially, you know, making sure these guys are getting their market value. Right. And so I just named you three people that are involved in an IL process. So this kid's getting 350 K and he's probably having to give, Fifty, sixty thousand dollars of that away immediately on top of the taxes he's paying on top of that. Some crazy stuff, man. Like this thing is, and I think someone said it the other day, and Kerry Murdoch retweeted or quote tweeted it originally. I saw it, and you know, talking about like there's this is a bubble. Like this thing will. Oh, pop. for sure. Yeah. Um, like I'm bringing up fair market value, and that's in the initial like NCAA like provision mm-hmm. under the thing. There's a reason that's in there. Because, like, these kids in these, you know, I'll bring up the Pancake Factory, right? What if three of, you know, you bring in these text offensive linemen, two or three of them are going to be worth that amount of money. Over that amount of time, though, that 50000 in 2023 with where we're at in our current economy with inflation, that better be $65,000. And guess what? When these kids aren't worth that amount of money, now these guys are losing money on these NIL deals Next thing you know, like you said, these fools that are spending money aren't going to have that money to spend or they're not going to do it again. And now the opportunity for these future kids coming up is diminished, right? Now, because there's a lot less NIL money out there. It's all hip and cool right now. Players are getting NFTs. Like that's the big thing that these NIL groups are building right now, Peyton, or Mm -hmm. NFTs. I can't even explain to you that process, right? Like it's, it's crazy. Um, Oklahoma's catching up. I, before we wrap, while we're wrapping this up, Oklahoma's catching up. They need, they need to get an NIL guy in. They had a marketing guy. Guess what? They had one and a director of content. Um, I'll mention is that even his name, Zach Kefley is deep into mm-hmm. that space. 
he's no longer with the program. Um, I think he still does some work, but um, they're going to need one of those. They're going to need a collective. Those things are being done. I think there's going to be three of them. I will say it's very obvious that Gabe and Teddy have talked about it openly about the one that they're doing um, with the Oklahoma breakdown, which I think is very interesting. I'd love to hear more about it, but there's going to be, I think three of them that are with Oklahoma football from what I understand. And so they're catching up, but don't anticipate Oklahoma to be giving a high school recruit out in the open 400,000 guaranteed to come to school. Like that's just not, that's not going to happen with this compliance department. And I also don't, I don't think Brent Venables would allow that to happen quite frankly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit tough there because you feel, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, you hear him saying, you hear what he's talking about and that's a he, uh, Brent Venables and you see what they're doing. You see that he's talking about, I'm, you know, we're recruiting, people relationship based we're building you know relationships with these families we're going to you know recruit the you know the player and the person we're going to do all this stuff and it's one thing to say all that stuff and then it's another thing to to complete to um compete with the big boys swim in the deep water be on the porch with the big dogs um i don't think you bring in somebody like turn up now call old turn so i call him uh just now old term um if you're only thinking about bringing in a bunch of choir boys if you only think we're doing oh, this sure. you know we're, we're you know we're going down we're going to go, go down to falls creek and see if we can find some guys who can be athletes you know <laughs> i don't I mean, we all know one goes down at falls creek that's not even <laughs> that's a real a little bit different a little bit different uh but you know what i'm saying i mean hopefully brent is saying something very public in one way but also it's going to be very smart very, you know, targeted NIL materials, very targeted NIL opportunities to do that. I mean, you're right. I don't think OU is going to say, hey, we have an OU collective and, um, hey, you know, seeing the price of oil right now, we're going to get, we're going to pay some kids some money uh, and we're going to go from there. Because, yeah, you're right. That's, that's not, um, that's not sustainable. You know, current money is always rated more than, than future money. That's why deals always, uh, NFL deals and college deals, that's why they always go college deals, uh, NBA deals, NFL deals, MLB deals, professional sports deals. So that's why they always increase over time because it's trying to um, uh, bring in the idea of future money because future money is always considered to be a percentage less than your current money. Um, you know, if you're ever a project manager or something like that, sometimes it's better to take the shorter deal with the lesser money once you start tight um you know if you take a is it better to take a four-year 60 million dollar deal or a 10-year 100 million dollar deal it's better to do the four-year 60 and the 10-year 100 because of the the idea of inflation and everything and you start losing money over time the value of the dollar goes down um and so it's better to do that we've been taught to think differently because we're all we all heard the thing would you rather have a million dollars now or a penny every single day for a month and so everyone seems to think oh it's the, the it's the long run that's good there that's not always true for this type, sort of thing. So, you, I mean, I don't think OU is going to, to your point, just give blank checks to kids like that. I think it's going to be pretty detailed and pretty thought out. Um, and them taking so long to do it is giving me hope. Um, but at the same time, it needs to happen uh, before before uh, fall football. Before spring football. I mean, you yeah. got kids, you got recruits coming in here pretty quick. But That's so. true. It's – I don't think it's going to cost them a recruit. I don't think it has cost them a recruit yet. Um, maybe except Caleb Williams if you want to consider that. But um, 
I just want to be clear. Like, I don't think Clemson was all super clean. I mean, at all. Like, I'm not going to sit here and like, like Peyton just said, like, I don't, I don't think Oklahoma's got a bunch of choir boys. I don't think that they're sticking by the law. They don't cheat. It's not like Bruce Weber cut, not cutting his hair because the people involved with the FBI deal were still coaching in college basketball. Like, I don't, I don't think it's anything like that. I think Oklahoma's ready. I think the war chest that Oklahoma has had for a long, long time built up. I think they're ready to use it. But at the same time, like, I don't anticipate them, Peyton. I don't anticipate them being blatantly out of the open. Like, you know, having your collective group announce a pancake factory and you you can't do anything about that. Right. Like, I don't think Oklahoma's going to allow that to happen. We're like, oh, come here. You can get paid $50,000 a year and it's out in the open. I bet it's all private. I bet it's all um, nice and tidy and, and clean. And like you said, organized, thought out to where every, nobody gets in trouble. Nobody gets hurt um, because there, there's going to be a lot of kids that are. They're going to get hurt. Their families are going to get hurt. You know, the collective is going to drop one of their deals if they decide to transfer. And next thing you know, you know, your mom and dad are banking on your $50,000. You're going to get that year. Now that $50,000 is gone. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything like that. So it's, um, it's an interesting space. Like I'm shocked that we still don't know everything we need to know about it. We're almost nine months in. I bet we don't even know everything we need to know about it after year two, right? Like this is going to be an ongoing evolution of figuring out what fair market value is one, what guys are actually worth two and three, if I don't trust our politicians to get this right, but the NCAA is basically begging Congress to say, Hey, we need regulation and we can't do it because we don't want to get sued. But I don't know if our politics, I don't want to put that in the uh, trust of our politicians to get that done either. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I am a staunch Democrat, so I'll say that. And as the subscriber <laughs> base, basis falls apart, um, I do I do not like what Stitt's done. I do not like what Stitt's doing for the most part. I, I, I will disagree with a lot of things. I, I think it's the allure of having a complete, quote unquote, free market. And it's not actually uh, I think he's more of the allure of allow certain successful people to be outrageously successful. Um, and you know what? That's good. Sometimes I'm not going to do that. But um for certain things, maybe it does make sense. Maybe it does make sense for this to be the Wild West with limited guardrails to a certain degree. I mean, because like marijuana, this isn't a market. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I never thought Oklahoma would would be so open to to, to marijuana usage. Marijuana, you know, the uh, stigmatism is gone. My my workplace doesn't even test. Look how much look how completely. much tax money you can get. Look how much yeah. tax money that we're getting on. Uh, Oklahoma is a is will will more than likely before OU kicks off have a sports bet in all the tribal casinos. I mean, there's two bills that have passed the Senate uh, and they're going to the House right now, or they passed the House and they're going to the Senate. There's two competing bills. It, it'll, it'll probably get all that stuff. It just depends on if it vetoes, vetoes it or not. It's over the table. It's over may. the table. It, it's no like online, right? No like no FanDuel, DraftKings. No, 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 like no, no, you no, have no. to go to the you casino. Have to you, have you have to. to it's go. all red. It's all at the cash. That's I like that. Like that that saves. I think that will save a lot of people's lives. Anyways, go ahead. Um, so you can tell Oklahoma is moving the right way. Oklahoma is going to go. Oklahoma is going to do the things they think can make them the most money for the most part of it. And this makes them money. I mean, it, it truly will. And I, I think maybe NIL needs to be a little more wide open with looser guardrails, because how can you set market value for something that that we've never seen a market for? You know what I'm saying? Because we're sitting there saying, oh, it's market value. 
but X player gets paid $2 million under the table. I mean, so is that the market or is the market how much, uh, you know, big red auto deals can get per car push uh, if Spencer Radler drives her truck around, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think we know what the market is because the market hasn't been set. Um, right now we're setting the market off of stuff that kind of doesn't matter because it's not college football. It's not college football players. <laughs> so, uh, and it's also just the, uh, you know, the passion and the emotion part of it. It's really hard to put a price on those things. Um, and as we see this stuff, as people are going into crypto, I mean, I mean, hell, there's going to be, there's going to be a USC coin pretty soon. There's going to be, you know, uh, like I said, NFT deals and stuff like that. And that kind of stuff Boomer would be coin. kind of cool. Boomer coin. Yeah. And you know, kind of, Billy Sims kind of would be is cool. all over that. Don't give him yeah. any ideas. I mean, you know, we're going to get Dylan Gabriel's first touchdown pass, like a cool little video of it. I mean, the NBA already does this with their, their, their digital, their top shot stuff. And we're going to see that out of OU. And OU, OU, OU smart. It, it, it will happen. And they'll have the highlight. They'll have the five highlights of each game. You go in there and bid on them. Maybe there's a thousand of them and you get serial number 783 of Dylan Gabriel's first touchdown pass. And it'll be cool. Um, you know, it's, it's five bucks at entry and you, you hit the button uh, and they'll sell out. Um, and that's an easy way. That's a super easy way of doing it. It's an easy way to quote unquote, mine your fan base uh, for more revenue and more funds. But it's a, uh, if, if people want to interact in that way, they can, but how, how do you set a market to a five-star quarterback? How do you set a market for a Trevor Lawrence? You know what I'm saying? Like that's a national championship. Well, how much money would somebody give for that? So that's a different, I mean, let me just look at OSU. Um, but what, 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 Oh man, I can't remember his name. The, the booster. Pickens. T-Boone. T-Boone. Look how much money, look how much winning mattered to him. <laughs> Hundreds of millions of dollars invested into that program, invested into that school. So we are looking at it. We, I mean, we are sitting, you know, we're pulling on the, uh, on the pant leg of people who will actually be paying this money out to these kids. So um, it's going to be wild and crazy, but I, I just don't know if we need to put our arms around it when we know I think any market first needs to figure itself out. And then once it's figured out and then you say, okay, now we have the rules. <laughs> now we know what the parameters are. Uh, but until then, this may be like a five years of we're going to find out X, X quarterback got a $10 million deal. And then yeah, he and sucks. Like, and then he just has the money. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and that's also why, like we've negotiated for this podcast, like been involved in, in advertisement and I've been for my Twitter account. Right. Like most, unless you're Nike or Gatorade and you're looking at a guy that's already a perennial all-star every year, pro bowler, like whatever it might be, like most of these brand deals are for a year, maybe two, because it's, mm-hmm. it's not hard to project short-term marketability at all. Like, and I'll just say this, the first brand deal I did, um, people saw it on social media with Sharp Rank, they nailed every part of my marketing. And I was impressed, like super impressed with that. And it was very close to even what I negotiated. And so like, there is a way to do it for short term. But like you said, like these four-year deals that are projected out to $8 million at the end of the deal, right? Like, I don't know how you come up with those numbers. So like you said, it may be something that, you know, it's a test run here over these first couple of years. We see what these guys are worth um, and we'll see how things are done. There's your NIL bitching on a, a very slow news week. Um, from Peyton and I, but Peyton, 
We have about maybe five, 10 minutes here. Welcome back to NFL, NFL reality. Russell Wilson is a Bronco. Yeah. Uh, and the people who, um, who's a 24 seven dude who, uh, who tweets about you football sometimes or something. Joey Helmer, Brandon. Drum, no, 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 Pete, Pete, Parker, Thun. Parker, Parker. Everybody's Pete in my mind. Parker, Parker, you're an idiot. If, oh, if <laughs> you're probably not listening to this, but if, if Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl, the Seahawks did not win this trade. <laughs> I mean, and the only way to win the Super Bowl is to have a quarterback that can get you there. And Russell has the potential and has the ability to do it. And if, if it works out, I do not give a shit about two first round draft picks in two seconds because in the everyone sit there and like, oh man, that's so much. They gave up so much for him. Uh, I think the Bears gave up two first and a third for Jay Cutler. I mean, it's just like this, that's a deal. What, what we got Russell Wilson, well, Russell Wilson for. So honestly, the people are sitting there banging the drum saying the Seahawks got the deal out of it. You don't know what football is. You're, 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 you're playing on it too many Excel sheets. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what's happening. I play on a lot of Excel sheets. <laughs> um, I'll say this. I think like it's one of those trades where both teams I think can win. Cause I clearly yeah. Russell Wilson's one of those quarter has been one of those players where, or even athletes that has been when he's talking to the media, mm-hmm. go Hawks, yeah, go Hawks, go Hawks. And then he's got his agent leaking out. Oh yeah. If he yeah. were to be traded, he would yeah. love to be traded to these teams. There was some friction in Seattle. Um, I'm comfortable talking about that. There's very clear that, Russell Wilson and where the Seahawks have wanted to go did not align. And, you know, it could work out for everyone. Now, the problem with Seattle side, Peyton, what I think you're kind of hinting on, is that you don't know what those first-round picks look like. Um, There's a pretty good quarterback class coming up. Um, A guy named C.J. Stroud's pretty good. Uh, A guy named Bryce Young's not bad. And then uh, there's a a, – there's a – there's a – wild one out in South Carolina right now. If he can put it all together, it could be pretty good too. Um, maybe it's smart, you know, like, I don't know. It's one of those weird, like in the moment, everybody was like, Oh my God, Denver just got Russell Wilson. And everybody's like, Oh, Russell Wilson wasn't very good last year or the last two years, you know? And then everybody's like, Oh, one, everybody won this trade or did it's like, I kind of looked at it originally. and was just like, didn't expect that. Cause one, what's crazy Peyton Seattle was asking for three first rounders the mm-hmm. entire the last two off seasons, and they ended up only getting two. Exactly, right? that's why I'm so saying that's already a major win for Denver. Yeah. This isn't a Herschel Walker thing, you know. I mean, this isn't you know. And the thing is, if Russell Wilson gives Denver four years and they make the Super Bowl once, not even win it, they just make it. They make the they make deep playoff runs and they make and they get close to the Super Bowl or they make the Super Bowl once. It's a it's a win. As a fan, that's a win. I don't care and if it's like, oh no, oh no, but that means the Broncos will be bad in year five, six, and seven. I'll go do something else <laughs> until they get good again. I mean, it's I have I I have levels. <laughs> I'm not a Browns sure. fan. I'm not a you'd Browns be, fan. You'd be a like, great LSU fan right now. You'd, oh, for sure. Tw- Who cares? Who cares? Twenty nineteen happened. <laughs> yeah, I've I've won. That's why I mean, it, it does not matter whatsoever. Because I mean, I bet if you were to ask some people, you know. If you true put some truth serum into OU fans and say, would you rather be Auburn in the last 20 years or would you rather be OU in the last 20 years? I think Ooh. I think if you I think if you remove OU fandom, there's and you say how how many championships? <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, sign me up. 
And it's like, but there'll be years you'll be bad. It's like, but I still win multiple national championships, right? It's like, yeah. It's like, then to the moon, you know, like what are we doing? Um, it would be, that's an It's cool to win 10 games. It's cool to win 10 games and it, win the Fiesta yeah. Bowl, but <laughs> nothing. Be, I mean, being in the hunt every single year, I can just, having again, a heartbreak. Yes, Either win but I'm also or a, stop I'm also a I'm a Cardinals fan, right? So like oh, I true, feel true. I feel that you know it's like it's like man, it'd be great, and then this is way above way above any your level, but it's like it'd be great for the Cardinals to go get Carlos Correa. It'd be great for the Cardinals to go get Max Scherzer. It'd be fantastic, and they can go spend two hundred and fifty million dollars and get a provision of the CBA named after your general manager like that. Or your owner, like that'd be great. But I also understand the Cardinals are playing the long game and hoping just one of those years the cards fall your way. You've got enough talent, which they do now. They're you know sustainable. They can build this beautiful ballpark village behind left field. Like that's why I always compare it. And I made that comparison what three four weeks ago. Like it makes a lot of sense that the Cardinals and Oklahoma football are very similar. And the Chicago Cubs are a lot like Texas because the Cubs won a World Series for the first time in a hundred and whatever many years, Peyton. And now they're the God's gift to baseball. It's like everybody, now the Cubs have to be good. You know, it's like one of those things. So I feel that. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm happy for you because I can tell, I, I know from watching the Broncos over the last four years, and even just hearing you talk about how it was hard to watch them these last two mm-hmm. years with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Um, it's fun. The NFL has been fun. Um, congrats to them. Wild league. Tom Brady's unretired now. Yeah, that's, that's the a crazy tweet. one. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is a, is a, uh, Aaron Rodgers is back in green Bay. It's been crazy. It's been a crazy offseason. but uh, welcome back to the NFL reality. Peyton, you guys are a contender again. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, hopefully, I mean, honestly, the AFC. I mean, both both West West divisions are just it's insane. I mean, to be to be honest with you, I mean, you know, NFC West Cardinals are should be good. Obviously, Rams should be good. 49ers should be good. Should be good. Seahawks are now dead in the water. And I've got AFC West, which is going to be you know Chiefs, obviously Chargers, uh, Broncos, and then the Raiders are actually good. I mean, so it's going to be a bloodbath out west for both of these divisions and. Um, that's just part of it. And that's something I think is cool because there are a lot of people, a lot of cowards out there who are like, oh, just just tank and wait for Golden State to get bad and then we'll win. Don't be a coward. Load up and beat the team. And that's what Denver Broncos, that's what Denver did. And they're like, everyone's like, oh, because what are you going to do is wait out Pat Mahomes? You're going to wait out 10 years? I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> what do you know? Just go for it. And, it. and if you can still, you can win if you try. Um, so that's if why drop, I always, if you drop eight against Kansas city, it's going to work. You uh, can maybe Denver yeah. can win the AFC West. Yes. So it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. This is another great podcast, my friend. Um, I think we only have one thing else to say. Oh yes. Boomer. Yeah.